My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and you are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. This is my conversation with Ash and James, two of the members of a band from Melbourne called Slow Talk. The reason for the conversation is to promote the band's brand new EP called New Vernacular. Let's have a listen to what the lads have to say. Here we go. All right, so lads, welcome to the show, New Vernacular. It's the name of your EP, which is due for release in late April. Now, I'm very fortunate to already have a copy, and I've got to tell you, I'm trying to describe it using more, let's say, um, broader epithets, but I can't say anything else except to say it's fucking superb. A very listenable brand of heavy metal. That's what I'm going to describe it as, and it sounds wonderful through the car speakers. It's actually one of my favorite releases so far this year, and I don't say those sort of things unless I mean it. But I'm at a bit of a loss to describe it for the listener's benefit because there's so much going on. One of the key things that I heard, uh, and James, this might be you here, was the Mars Volta sound, particularly through the vocal. But question to the both of you, how would you describe the sounds heard across the EP? Um, look, I think we we don't really try and like lock down a sound, but like we're always writing from a really like, emotive and narrative place uh, and then just exploring what we can do with, um, you know, with a bunch of guitars. Okay. What about inspirations then? Who inspired you to create the sounds? Um, I guess our main one that we get a lot is Circus Survive. So they've been, uh, I guess, a key part of our inspiration. Yeah, if there's any band that like we'd want to you know, play with or like we'd say that we look up to, it's, it's Circus Survive. Yeah, that's so interesting. I just had a chat to... Oh, gosh, is he? Yeah, Colin. Colin Frangichetto. Uh, is that how you uh, pronounce his surname? Sorry, I might be wrong there. But they're touring soon. So are you guys on that tour? <laughs> I wish. Well, sadly, no. Put forward, please. Yeah, okay. Rightio. And what are the lyrical themes throughout the EP? Um, I guess, like, throughout the EP, most of the lyrics are kind of, like, internal dialogue or just, uh, how do you put it, like, oh, the quite often, like, metaphors for... Um, just like life events that I've like, been through. So like, the earlier tracks are about you know, like relationship stuff. The, the last two are about um, about it, like new experiences. And um, yeah, I try and like represent those things in in clever little ways, I guess. Mm, okay, radio. How was the EP recorded then? Who did you decide to work with? Like, did you have a, a producer, or did you just have a go-to engineer and you guys produced it yourselves? Um, so we walked into the studio really well prepared, I like to think. Um, so what you hear is pretty much what we had you know, at, our, at our home studio. Um, and then yeah, we recorded with a guy called Declan White, and he's like he's a legend. He just he it's really hard to get people to like see your vision and and not mm-hmm. like try and do their own thing and spin your spin your tones into a completely different record. Um, Declan like respected exactly what we wanted and. He just helped us bring that to life, and we're really happy with him for that. I was talking to a band yesterday who worked with him as well. The name escapes me at this point in time. Let me see if I can bring it up, sorry, just quickly. Just going to my trusty Excel spreadsheet with all the bands that I've been talking to recently, and I've probably... Uh, is it Bury the Kings? I think I think he might have worked with Bury the Kings. I could be completely wrong. Um, or it might be Wind Waker, one of the two bands there. I'm sure he worked with them, but they had very positive things to say about him as well. Yeah, but it could be Wind Waker. Yeah, that one. But, but yeah, the whiz, like he he can do a lot with not much, and like, it's funny because he's got all this gear and he'll just fiddle around with a few plugins, and it's already just it sounds mind blowing. Okay, how did you find him? Like, how, how, what was the process of going through people to work with? Did you have a list, or 
you know, that sort of thing and you just sort of went from the top and hopefully Declan was your first choice. It sounds like as though he was, but how did you find Declan? Um, he opened the studio. Um, so like last year he opened the studio um, and he was just recording a few covers of some songs. He did like 30 second snippets and I 100% thought that this cover of uh, From First to Last, was it From First to Last? No, it was, yeah. Um, oh, What's, no. what's the what's that Sunny Moore project uh, from first? Yeah, the, no, yeah. it was, it was, it was, it was, yeah. Um, it did like a make war cover, and I a hundred percent thought that I was listening to the instrumental for that song. But then I went back and I played it against um, you know the actual track on Spotify, mm. and it was like ten times better. And I was just like, Ash, we need to record with this guy. Mm. Nick okay. destroyed it. Yeah. What what instruments does he play? Is he one of those guys that has a talent to play any instrument? Um, he's a drummer and he plays like guitar pretty well as well. Um, he recorded the drums for us. Like we had everything right. written and he just he played it to a T. It was it was amazing. What about the guitar across the E P then? Who is responsible for that? So that would be me. Okay. And our process for that is we recorded all at home just because guitar is such a primary, I guess, writing tool for us. We want to make sure that when before we go into the studio, it's all done, it's all ready to go. And that way, everything just kind of can wrap around it a bit. Well, I'm going to... We, like, we recorded a few key parts, but like for a lot of it, it's all actually done at home. Yeah, okay. Well, look, either way, I've got to congratulate you for, for the guitar playing because it's epic, okay? It's a wonderful mix of modern metal groove with some choice lead guitar breaks. Um, I'm a bass player and guitarist, so I really do focus on the six string and the way the four string comes across on a recording. And and what I found is the use of effects were particularly tasteful. You really knew when to add what effect at the right time in the song, which is quite an art. I mean, it takes people years to do that, but... You guys seem to have done it on one of your first releases, so congratulations again for that. But you kind of have already answered part of my question that I was going to ask, but I'll put it to you again. How important is the sound of the guitar and the lead breaks and note placement to the music you make? Because it sounds as though a hell of a lot of effort has gone into that part of it. Well, one of our biggest rules that we go by is that less can be more. So we aim to, I guess at times with our leads especially, we, we want to play less and just have these sparse dynamic moments. So when we do want to erupt, it's just that much larger and has that much more of an impact on you. So it's definitely very meticulously, like meticulously crafted by us and it's something we, we put a lot of thought into. Mm. When we first started together, we, um, we kind of like overplayed a bit. And it took us a few years to really like step back and develop that restraint. And now we actually find it like it, it takes a bit more musicianship from us to to show that restraint. And we enjoy that and respect that a lot more now. Okay. So you guys, if I'm not mistaken, you're brothers. Is that right? <laughs> no. You're not? We get mistaken for brothers. My point was I'm just looking at pictures of you guys on Facebook again. And, and God, you'd swear to God you were brothers. It's a I mean, just... very attractive. Well, you can swap passports, that's for sure. <laughs> you know. Okay, so the the final point I make about the guitar playing is that I'm a massive fan of uh, Paco de Lucia, that wonderful Spanish flamenco guitarist, and so that Spanish sounding guitar on the oh. cut, Golden, is my favourite moment across the EP. Possibly one of my favourite moments on any album released this year, EP or collection of songs released this year. So I love the way you've woven that into that cut. 
Mate, you haven't had the extended version. We had to cut that bad boy down. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was if, about three times longer than that. Well, if you're comfortable with it, I won't share it with anybody. But if you wanted to send me the MP3 of that for my own personal listening pleasure, I'd really appreciate that. Only if you're comfortable with it, of course. <laughs> yeah. We can do that. No, that'd be killer. Yeah, guys, honestly, you know what my view on this sort of stuff is? I mean, you're very talented fellas, man. Just go there. Just do it. You know, I mean, I know you've got to condense things for playlists, Spotify, Apple Music, and all the rest of it. But, yeah, I think with two fellas like yourself that can clearly articulate the creativity that's within you, just put it all out there, man. And, and I think you're going to get people really hooking into the sounds that you guys are creating over the, in the future. Thanks, man. You know, okay. So talking about the future, what plans have you guys got? Are we talking about I like to say Kiss style world domination, or is it something a bit more closer to home? Uh, look, we're just taking it one step at a time, but we take this very seriously. Um, yeah, I suppose at the moment we really want to milk the EP for what it's worth, and um, from there, I guess it is. Style domination. <laughs> um, we're, we're all trying to like mouth to Ash. Mention the gig. Um, we're playing a gig next month, um, May the 11th, uh, the Curtain, supporting the Valley Ends. Okay. Um, so that, that's a big one for us. We're just, that's, that's our um, EP launch show. Okay, Wicked. And you guys are from Melbourne, I take it, are you? That is correct. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Which bands do you typically look to to play shows with down there? Um, we did a gig with Storm the Sky last year, so that's one of them. Yeah. Really good guys. They're, they're amazing. Like, when we first started, they were just, yeah, they gave us that. It was a really good show, that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, the belly ends, because I, I do a bit of music photography, so some of the guys look out for us, which is nice. Okay, cool. Do you get to play Cherry Bar very often? Is that one of those venues that is open to the type of music you guys play? No, we haven't played there yet, but we'd like to. Yeah, I was down there for a download, actually, and um, the band that James Freud's son's in was playing. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, good band, good sound, good venue. We've only got a few venues up here in Brisbane like that, and even less on the Gold Coast, mm. on the Sunshine Coast, where I'm from. So it's always really special and unique for me to go down to Melbourne, and you can hit Cherry Bar, and um, I reckon my favourite bar anywhere in the world would have to be Heartbreaker. I love going in there and cool. just chatting. Cool, we, we wrote ourselves off there the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to work for a company called. I'm so used to talking to overseas musicians that when I say a company called Telstra, you being Australian know exactly who Telstra is or what company Telstra is. I used to go down to Melbourne for conferences and customer visits all the time, and I've got to tell you, I used to sneak away to Heartbreaker more often than not. <laughs> <laughs> Very rock and roll. Then yeah. when they um, after the fit out, like changed because they, they did it up again, and it looks stunning. Yeah, actually, I noticed on Facebook that they're advertising for bar staff. Um, so, gosh, I mean, I'm 40, so I'm probably well beyond it. But, God, if I was 25, I'd probably quit whatever it is I'm doing and start working there. <laughs> All right. It's like pendant. Swing them and it's just, oh, it's magical. Yeah, it's just got a great vibe. We just don't. You just don't have anything like it up here, and I think I don't think you could create it up here either. We've got far more of an outdoors lifestyle here, and we've got Fortitude Valley, and we've got Ocean Street and Maroochydore, and everybody knows what the Gold Coast is like if you want to go out at night. But 
we just don't mm. have that rock thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like where you can sit down and have a beer and listen to ACDC or Kiss and all rock fans, when they have a few beers, that's the sort of stuff you want to listen to. <laughs> you know? I, th- I think Melbourne just like, named uh, Music Capital of the World as of uh, a few days ago. So I saw that. It's a massive honour to bestow upon a city, but I've, I've got to say it's probably completely worth it. I mean, I haven't been to Austin, Texas, but I've been to New York, I've been to Los Angeles, and um, Melbourne's got it all going for it. And and I was really pleased to see that your state government was actually looking at injecting more funds into the live music scene, which is going to help massively. I mean, it's just got to be injected in the right way, you know, so as promoters don't lose so much money and venue staff can cut through red, venues can cut through red tape more easy if they want to put on bands past certain times, that sort of thing. Definitely be a good initiative, even for, you know, bands starting out like us. Yeah, I think it's... How have you guys found starting out and making the right connections? You've obviously got in touch with Tim and the Collision Course team, but otherwise, what's the journey been like for you since you first formed? Um, hasn't really been much of a journey in the public eye. It's, it's very much just been behind closed doors, really perfecting our sound. So, But we thought that there was no point writing you know, the best EP that no one's ever heard of. So we figured it was only logical that we get external help. And that's where Tim came in. Yeah, it's a really, it's a, yeah, that point right there. Uh, I don't know how many people consider their music the work of a genius, but I think a lot do. But if you if you can't promote it and get it out to people, there's no point sticking it up on Spotify and Apple Music and nobody listening to it. You've got to have some promotion behind it and talking to all sorts of different people. So what's the promotional trail for the EP been like? Have you managed to talk to a lot of indie journo talk types like myself? Yeah, we've had a few interviews um, and it's, it's been a really fun ride. Like we, we were tossing up whether or not we were going to do, you know, this PR campaign, but um, like we're, we're so glad that we reached out for a bit of help and it, it's helped us take it a bit more seriously as well. It all feels a bit more real when everyone's you know, talking about it, asking questions and it's really fun. I like to think, um, I've done a lot of interviews, as I say, and there's a band called The Omnific who are from, The Omnific, get that out, from Melbourne, who, two, two bass guitarists and a drummer, and there's no, no singing, uh, there's a lot going on with their music. I reckon if you guys could pair together and do something of a regional run, you know, you know, obviously you'd have to get along and all that sort of stuff, but musically, my God, that'd be a hell of a double bill to see. Hey man, let them, let them know. We're down. Yeah, <laughs> actually, you know their bassist plays in Ambit. Oh, yeah, I was, yeah, I was thinking that you're talking about those people, but I didn't recognise the name. Yeah. yeah, absolutely monster musicians. Yeah, those guys, really nice guys too. Yeah, totally. Uh, I was talking to, is it Toby? He's, he's one of the bassists, I think. Um, at, the, mm-hmm. at the end of last year, I literally I'd already submitted my year-end Welcome. best of uh, best albums of the year to you know the publications that I write for. I heard that album and I literally had to stop press and put that as number two behind the Living Color album. I, I was so <laughs> I'm a, I'm a bass player, okay, and I play five-string bass and four-string bass, and and when I heard those guys what they were doing, I actually understood exactly what I felt they were trying to achieve, and I was just so glad that there was a band out there doing what they're doing because you. It's not often you hear it, and they're the only band of their type, I think, from anywhere in the world doing it. So another prop to bands from Melbourne, and indeed Melbourne as a city, for producing wonderful music. Mm. You know, 
Okay, lads, I'll wrap things up, but final question. If people want to get in touch with you, if they want to buy merch, and of course, if they want to listen to your outstanding new EP, New Vernacular, how can they do that? Um, merch is on the way, but we've got uh, pre-orders available for our EP um, now, and um, should be out on the 27th, April. But like, we'd love to see some people down at the show. Yeah, well, look, I'll, I'll post the podcast audio, mate, and if you guys want to share it so that people can, you know, put a, a voice to the music on the EP, mate, go ahead, feel free to share away. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks for that. No worries. Well, that's... My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and you are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. That was my conversation with Ash and James from the band Slow Talk. Really appreciate you listening.